started tonight. Miss Angel should take your phone and make sure that everything is on schedule. Uh, that we're doing good. All right, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight, God. We thank you for this Zoom Bible study as those that are logging on with us tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this technology. Lord, we ask you to lead us and guide us and show us how to use this technology, Lord, that we will be able to understand, we'll be able to see, and we will be able to communicate with one another. And we pray for all of our internets to remain strong tonight, that we will be able to stay connected. And Lord, let this Holy Spirit begin to teach us, lead us, and guide us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 All right, so here we go. Um, as we get ready to go into our Bible study tonight, you're going to have to help me out again, Miss Angel. I don't see the start button on this thing. All right. You guys see that? Can everybody see that? Go ahead and unmute your phones for a second. Let me know everybody can see that. You can see it. You can hear it. Welcome to session six of our journey through the book of Acts. Can everybody see Man, this and hear this? You, but I'm getting so much yes, we see it. This study. Yeah. Can you hear it? I can see it, but I can't hear it. Who's this? Who can't hear it? Anybody else can't hear it? I can't hear it, Cliff. Okay, we got hearing problems, Angel. Who all could not hear that? Let me see. Is that brother? That's right. We can't hear it. Okay. I stopped it. Hang on, hang on a second. We just stopped it for a moment. We'll make sure we don't have... All right, we... Sister Nita and brother Brandon can't hear it either. Okay, that means everybody could not hear it then. Let's see if they can hear it now. Can you hear it now? What have we seen so far? No. No. All right, stop it again. All right, Angel, you have to share. Remember, y'all just hang on a minute. You have to share the sound. Hang on just a minute, y'all. Okay. Tell me if you can hear it now. Promise of God. We've seen Yay! the gospel proclaimed in power, starting with Peter yeah. on Pentecost, but we've seen many occasions of that. Everybody now. hear it now on this and side? We've seen that the church is born. Even a church yes, like this one in Antioch, where okay. Jews and... Can I let it start over? Yeah, yes. we can hear it as well. Okay. Can hear it on your phone, I turned my sound off. Okay. That's another thing everybody needs to make sure they got their sound up. Y'all turn your sounds up so you can... On your, on your ends. You can mute your microphones and now just listen... And also, if you need to message us, there's a way to message. If you'll notice, you can send us a message if there's an issue. No, that did not work right. Let's try that again. Welcome to session six of our journey through the book of Acts. And man, I don't know about you, but I'm getting so much out 
of this study and we've got a lot of ground to cover in just a few minutes in session six but I know God has something powerful for you and I know he's already spoken some powerful things into my life just getting ready for this session. What have we seen so far? We've seen the Holy Spirit come, the promise of God. We've seen the gospel proclaimed in power, starting with Peter on Pentecost, but we've seen many occasions of that now. And we've seen that the church is born. Even a church like this one in Antioch, where Jews and Greeks are now together building faith and building up the house of God and even being strong enough to send out Barnabas and Paul on a journey to take this story even further to more and more people. But right away we begin to see there's going to be opposition and there's going to be division in the church. That's because the enemy wants to stop the story of the resurrection. And one of the ways he can do that is by bringing division to the church. I know that's a crazy thought, right? That there would ever be division in the church. I mean, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ and we're all born into one family. We all have one mission. We all have the same spirit. We have the same Lord. We have the same baptism. We have the same scripture. So how could there be division in the church, right? Wrong. I don't know about you, uh, but I bet if I asked the question, who's been a part of a church split, uh, probably a few hands would go up. I know mine would. And it's a rough story when the people of faith can't live in the same house together. And sometimes that split is for relational reasons. Sometimes it's over some kind of legalistic reason. Sometimes it's about personalities. And we see all of that early on in the story. In fact, we're going to see today a second missionary journey. This one is going to be Paul and Silas, not Paul and Barnabas. And the reason is because of relational division. So when they started on journey number one, if you remember, and you'd read through the scripture, you saw a character named John Mark, and he was a relative of Barnabas, and they started off on journey number one, and he didn't make it too far into the journey where when the road got steep, he said, I'm out, and Paul was like, really, you're going to just drop out on us in the middle of the journey? So now when it's time for journey number two... Barnabas wants to bring John Mark along again, and Paul says, no way, he's not coming with us. This guy was a quitter, and we're not going to have any quitters on our team. So the tension between them was so great that they split up over this relational tension. And now it's Paul and Silas going out on a new journey. We see in chapter 15 with the Jerusalem Council that there is tension in the church over legalism, and these Gentiles who become believers and the Jewish believers and what requirements are going to be made of them and there has to be a resolution in that that it's got to ultimately all be about Jesus and it's got to be about the gospel story going forward. And then we see a little bit later that there's a new person on the scene named Apollos. He's risen up in the church in Ephesus, a strong leader, strong teacher. And once he travels to Corinth, a lot of people want to follow him. And we see this division all of a sudden in the church in Corinth. Is it Paul that we follow or is it Apollos? Are, are you one of Paul's guys or are you one of Apollos' guys? Who, who's your leader? Who's your teacher? Which personality has your allegiance? And so we see relational division, legalistic division, personality division. 
But in every case, through the power of the Holy Spirit, there's an opportunity for the church to go forward. And yes, Barnabas and Paul, they split up. But at the end of the day, when Paul is at the end of his life, he's writing to Timothy. And he says, bring John Mark, because he's useful to me. Somehow, by the power of God, that relationship had been repaired. And I wonder if maybe even early in the session, if God's speaking to some of us today saying, hey, you know that relational bump that we had in the road, that pothole that we all fell into relationally? I wonder if we could go back in the power of the Spirit and you could be a man or a woman of peace and try to restore that relationship. Maybe the church did split, but maybe you could go back even today to one of the people involved in it and say, you know what, some of that was on me, and I just want to come back and be a person of peace for the sake of the gospel. Um, In Jerusalem, they were able to overcome the challenge of the legalistic split, and the way Paul responded to the whole thing about Apollos was he wrote to the church at Corinth, and he said, hey, one may plant, another may water But it's God who brings the increase. This isn't about people. This is about God. The church isn't built on personalities. The church is built on the power of God in the preaching of the gospel. So let's don't get caught up in who it is that preaches the gospel. Let's make sure the gospel is preached and God gets the glory. So I don't know. It just makes me want to do what the scripture says. As far as it is possible with me. Live at peace with all people. And if we make Jesus the center, if the church really is on mission together, if our thinking is about we want to see everyone in our town come alive in Jesus, we want to be a sending church to send people to the next city or the next county or to the next people over and tell them about Jesus. We want to marshal our gifts and our energy and our opportunity and our influence and our resources to go, not to stay, not to be inward thinking, but be outward thinking. And we want to see the city come alive. I think that's going to give us the best opportunity to overcome these divisions because a lot of them happen when all of our attention is turned inward and all of the energy is focused on us. So let's keep moving forward. Let's keep Jesus at the center. Let's keep the gospel as our mission. And yes, there are non-negotiables in the gospel story and in the word of God. And let's keep those central in the church. But let's be at peace with one another and not get caught up in these ancillary divisions that the enemy wants to use to split us up so that he can slow down the process of seeing the world come to Jesus. But even in the midst of it all, that overwhelming spirit, that overcoming spirit that overcomes all manner of division, if we just submit ourselves to him, that same spirit's doing incredible things in the story. And I love the two that we're going to see in this session today. We're going to see an amazing midnight miracle in Philippi. And we're going to see the magnificence on Mars Hill in Athens. So... Paul and Silas are on their way. They end up in the city of Philippi, and something beautiful happens there. This influential businesswoman in that town named Lydia puts her faith in Jesus. And as she does, she begins immediately to respond in generosity and gratitude, opens her home, and the church in Philippi is really established in the home of Lydia. 
and Paul and Silas are moving on through the city. It says they're going up after that to the place of prayer, and they see a slave girl who is possessed by an evil spirit. And in the power in the name of Jesus, they call that spirit out of her. The spirit's antagonizing them as they're going on their mission. They just say, in the name of Jesus, uh, be set free, and the girl is set free. And you would think, once again, this is amazing. Everyone's going to be excited about the freedom that's come to the slave girl. And that's not the case. The owner of the slave girl now sees his business profits at risk. And so he comes against Paul and Silas, calls them in before the authorities. Once again, we see someone saved, and we see somebody going to jail. Once again, we see the gospel going forward, and we see all the opposition coming to the same carriers of that gospel. And so Paul and Silas are brought before the authorities. They're accused of disrupting this person's business. They are beaten, and then they are put in stocks in the bottom of the prison in Philippi. And the story brings us to that midnight moment. It says around midnight. So can we just get a picture here? These guys are arrested for no reason. All they've done is tried to bring freedom in Jesus' name. They're beaten up. They're put in stocks, hands and feet. They're in the dungeon of the prison. And it's midnight. You think this is another opportunity to close the book on the gospel story. This is another opportunity to say, I'm going to have to tap out on the purpose and the power. But no, it says around midnight, they, Paul and Silas, were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. You're like, oh, that's what I do when... I get mistreated and beat up and put in the bottom of a dungeon. I always want to just take that opportunity to sing a great song of worship to God. No, that, that is not normally our plan. We, we worship God on the bright sunny days. We worship him on the mountaintop. But what Paul and Silas knew was that even though their circumstances had changed, that God hadn't changed. Even though their circumstances had changed, God hadn't changed. They knew that God was still the same mighty, miraculous, powerful God that they had seen save Lydia just a day before. They knew that God was the God of the breakthrough, and they were going to worship him no matter what. And so at the midnight hour, they're singing songs of praise to God. But here's the phrase that just captures my heart. It says, and all the prisoners were listening. Can you imagine? You're, you're locked in this jail. You're put away maybe for a crime that you did commit, and it's business as usual, right? Except that you hear the commotion, and you know a couple of other people have gotten thrown in the jail that night, and that's not unusual, but what was unusual was that there never before been a moment where two people had come into the jail, and at the midnight hour, a worship service broke out, and so all through the prison, the prisoners are like, what is happening? Who is singing, and who are they singing to, and what are these sounds that are filling up the prison and God heard the worship and as God heard the worship he was moved by their faith he was moved by their worship and the ground shook and the, the prison doors flew open and God once again in breakthrough miracle power he set them free
But you know what they did? They remained in the jail. When the doors flew open, they just kept on worshiping. And when the jailer rushed in and the torches were lit and he realized you're, you're free, but yet you're still here, he says, what is the story? And that night, the gospel message of Jesus found that Philippian jailer and he and his entire family came to faith in Jesus that night. Worship changed everything in Philippi. So they leave Philippi, travel on to a few cities. They end up in Thessalonica. They've got this incredible miracle breakthrough story. Remember the prison? Remember when the doors swung open? Remember that the jailer rushed in thinking he was going to lose his job or maybe lose his life? And remember how we were able to share the gospel with him and he wanted his whole family to hear. Remember that story? That's in their minds as they're traveling now. They arrive in Thessalonica and there, once again, they're opposed so strongly that they end up leaving that city. They go to Berea. When they get to Berea, the Thessalonians, uh, they won't have it. So they follow them from Thessalonica, chase them down in Berea, and start harassing them again. So they send Paul on ahead again, this time to Athens. And he arrives in Athens waiting for his party to get there a day or two later. And it says, and when he arrived in Athens, he was grieved in his heart because the city was so religious. And he describes it this way. Now think about where we are. We're in the philosophical epicenter of the world. We're in the shadow of the Parthenon. And we're in a place where thought and, and, and thinking is just the matter and the manner of the day. And Paul said he sees in this city a heart a seeking after God. And he knows that because there's so many idols in this city. He says, as far as you can see, there's an idol to every kind of God you can imagine. And he said they were so religious, they even had an idol to an unknown God. They didn't want to miss any gods. They didn't want to make any gods angry that they didn't know about. So while they had an idol to every God they knew about, they had one with the inscription to an unknown God. And Paul began to do what he always did. He went into the synagogue and he taught the Jewish people about the resurrection of Jesus and the crucifixion and the gospel story. But he also went into the marketplace. And anybody that would listen in the marketplace, he preached to them about the gospel. And people were coming to faith so much so that the buzz went through Athens. There's a new guy in town and he's got a, a new philosophy that he's talking about. And so the Supreme Council of Athens called him to their meeting place on Mars Hill. If you go to the Acropolis now and you go on the walkway up to the, to the Parthenon, you'll see Mars Hill, a marker right there. And in that place, this Supreme Council would gather and they would handle the business of Athens of the day. And they said, we want to hear from this guy named Paul. So he comes to Mars Hill. These are the most sophisticated thinkers on the planet. And in that moment, he preaches what is one of the most, if not the most magnificent messages of all time. It is a miracle message, and I can say this because I'm a pastor and a preacher. It's only 260 words long. That means the average person, it would take them less than two minutes to preach this message. And I want to take two minutes, and I want to read it for us right now before we close out this session. This is what he says in the midst of this uber seeking 
hyper-searching community. This place where thought reigns and rules, and where it's said about them, all they did was sit around and entertain the latest philosophies, the latest opinions, the latest thoughts. And he drops into the midst of it on behalf of God with this message. He says, men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Now what you worship is something unknown. I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands and is not served by human hands as though he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. God, the God that you're looking for, he is the creator who gives life and breath to all men. And because we are made in his image, we are going to search for him. If it means building a thousand idols and one to an unknown God. We are going to reach for him, and we are going to try to find whoever it is or whatever it is that matches up with that desire that is woven into our heart. And Paul does what you and I have the opportunity to do every day. He says, what you're looking for and you don't know what it is, I want to describe him to you because I do know who he is. I love it. And I love how even at the heart of it all is a desire inside of every one of us to worship something, to know someone bigger and greater than ourselves. And I think if you'll look and notice the people where you work, the people where you live, we're all looking for something that's bigger, that's more glorious than we are. Something that we can live for and give our worship to bigger and glorious bigger and more glorious than ourselves. And then as we close this session, I'm just stunned today by the power of worship. Just thinking back to Philippi, thinking back to that midnight moment, and I'm wondering if maybe you're in a midnight moment right now. I mentioned that my dad 
passing away, as we were making that transition from our ministry in Texas to Atlanta, and I remember early in his illness when he was in an ICU room here in this city, he was in a coma from a brain virus infection, and we didn't know if he was going to make it that day. And I remember walking into that ICU room where we were able to spend 10 minutes every eight hours with my dad. Mm-hmm. I, I had no ability to help him. I didn't re- even understand exactly what the doctors were saying was happening. And I remember looking out this little skinny window in that room. Through the vertical blinds that were open thinking all I know to do right now is just to to call on God. And it wasn't simply a prayer to say, God, please help my dad. We've been praying that prayer. But it was, God, I'm going to worship you today, no matter what. And I remember in that day, singing a worship song, a simple worship song to God. Just because I wanted it to be on record, the circumstance has changed. But God, I know you remain the same. The circumstance is bleak, but I know that you are still seated on a throne. That song of worship, it didn't instantly change the circumstance. That song of worship didn't um, have an immediate outcome, but that song of worship changed me. And I don't know where you are today, but Worship is the right response, no matter what you're facing right now. Worship is always the right response, no matter what we are facing in life. And I just want to encourage you today, the same God of the mountaintop is the God of the valley. And he's worthy of our praise today. And it may not change the situation around you, but it will change you in the midst of the situation. And I promise you, somebody is listening. There's somebody nearby right now, and they're not going to respond to the gospel because some Christian came along and said, look, everything in my life is amazing. I want to praise God. They're going to go, of course you would. They're going to respond when they see somebody facing the difficulty who still believes in the great sovereign power of God. And that's what God's going to use in their life to turn on the light of their faith and cause them to come to know the same God that you and I know as well. Everybody is going to have a chance for that midnight moment in Philippi. We're all going to have that today. And every one of us is going to have a chance to have that magnificent moment in Mars Hill. And maybe we won't preach the best 260 word sermon ever, but I promise there's going to be a moment today when somebody says, I want to hear from you. What is it that God has done in your life? Amen. 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 Could everybody <clears throat> go ahead and unmute your phone so we can communicate to one another? Amen. That was a that was a good one. Um, I really, you know, he really spoke to me about um, you know praising God in the situation. You know, we're talking about Paul and Silas in that midnight hour, in that midnight hour, and how they were, um, you know, in the jailhouse and and beatened and tired and probably hungry and everything else and yet they found a strength to give god praise so um i think that's pretty powerful right there what do you guys think are y'all there are y'all there 
We're here. All right. <laughs> Brother Brennan and Sister Nita's here. All right. Appreciate everybody coming on board and, and joining us in that. Um, just go ahead and take your Bibles and turn over to the book of Acts. He's talking about in chapter 16 and verse 25. It said, At the midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loose. You know, and that's the question that I have for you guys tonight. We got a lot of echoing going on, Miss Angel. Uh, the question I have for you guys tonight is: Can you praise God in the middle of your problems, in the middle of your your circumstances, in the middle of everything going wrong? Can you still praise God? Because the praising is what set them free, and and, I, and that's pretty powerful. That's what we need to remember. It was the worship. That not only set Paul and Silas free, but everybody in the jailhouse free. And so we got to remember that as a body of Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. Did you guys enjoy that um, that lesson? I did. Uh, were you able to hear and see everything? Or was there any problems that we need to talk about on this? All right, good. I know last time we tried this, we had some issues with people couldn't hear. Um, and so we've been trying to work out some technical things uh, with that. Okay. But um, if everybody's good on that, I want to transition over to our prayer time. Um, if you guys are able to stay with me, um, I'm going to be reading from the book called Praying with Jesus. And actually going into some prayer time. Just going to spend 30 minutes in prayer um, and pray about some things. Any of you guys got a special prayer request before we get started tonight? Remember, for me, any of your prayers? Brother Brandon? Brandon, okay. Yeah, we sure will. we glad to have you on here, Brother Brandon. Anybody else got a prayer request tonight? Yes, sir. All right. Is, is Brandon the only one with a prayer request tonight? Yeah, Say that again. Me and my husband. All Sister right. Anita, me and my husband. I've I, I asked y'all to remember me and him and y'all's prayer that, you know, uh, our marriage just get restored. Amen. And God's God's word, God's God's uh, presence. Amen. Brother Corey just sent me a message. You know, the thing about this Zoom is um, <laughs> Corey's figured out how to talk to me without speaking. <laughs> That's pretty good, Corey. He said, <laughs> Corey said he met a woman. Um, I'm not Shakita. sure Shakita on Saturday while passing out the toys. Who's seeking strength and restoration? Um, Corey said his kids are loud, so he's got he's got us on mute. Thank you, Brother Corey, for thinking of us in that. <laughs> so we're gonna pray for this uh, this lady, that Brother Corey, uh, met on Saturday as well. Anybody else got a prayer requests? Jan, Frankie, how y'all doing? I didn't see y'all Sunday. They're muted. You have to unmute yourself to talk to me, Jan. <laughs> we're fine. We're okay. You guys are okay. 
Well, congratulations, yeah. congratulations on that um, summer going to get married. Have they, have they set the dates yet? Let's pray about that tonight. Let's pray about summer's wedding. Pray for Robbie and Erica. Oh, yeah. Everything goes smooth. Amen. Amen. Pray for Robbie and Erica Williams. They laid their daughter to rest today. They Angel was just child. telling me about um, Robbie and Erica Williams that had laid their daughter to rest today. She was only 22 years old. And their only child. And that was their only child. Uh, so you imagine what they're going through tonight. Amen. Any other prayer requests tonight? All right, well, let's all go to the Lord in prayer, and y'all help me pray now. Don't, don't let me be praying by myself. Y'all help me pray because I might not remember everything y'all just told me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just come to you. We plead the blood of Jesus. Lord, we, we plead the blood of Jesus over this prayer request that Sister Anita brought to us, God. Lord, that you would just restore, God, that you would send forth the angels. We bind and rebuke any demonic spirits that are hindering that situation. And Father, we just speak peace into that home, peace into that marriage right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We pray for Brother Brandon tonight, God. And Lord, you know what he needs. You know what he's wrestling with, God. And Father, we just ask you to remove it from him, that he no longer wrestles with that, but you wrestle with it for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, right there it is, Brother Brandon. God's going to wrestle for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Lord, we pray over summer getting married, precious child that grew up in this church. Lord, we ask you for your divine guidance. Lord, that you will lead both of them to the altar. Lord, that you will fill both of them with the Holy Ghost, Lord. And Lord, that you will lead them and guide them in the affairs of the wedding and everything that goes place with that. And give peace to the family in Jesus' name. And Father, we just thank you, Lord. We just pray right now for this lady that, that uh, Brother Corey met. God, that you would just restore and strengthen her right now, Lord. Just, yeah. There's so much that needs to be done in her life, God. And she recognizes yeah. that she's weak. She recognizes she needs strength. And we ask you for the Holy Spirit to come upon her right now, yes. giving her strength in her spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Praise right. God. Amen. And uh, Father, we ask you to touch Sister Heather, Lord, as she's getting two epidurals tomorrow. Lord, that you will bless her and, and, and increase her healing right now. In yes. Jesus' name, amen. Yes. amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is... God is good. Yes, all the time. All the time, all the time. God is good. Amen, amen. Uh, well, for those of you out there that's got this book uh, called Praying with Jesus, and if you don't have this book, if you want one, talk to my wife. She'll be glad to uh, get one in order for you. Um, but we're going to be looking at day 21. It's called Seeking God in the Bible Verse, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Brother Matthew, yeah. won't you come over here? Brother Matthew's in the house with me tonight. Come over here and pray for these folks that we got online. Um, as we seek the Lord in our scripture here. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near, brother. Just lead us to the Lord in prayer right now. Thank you, Father Lord. God, I thank you for this time, for this hour of uh, the uh, power of your uh, uh, might in our prayers. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And the ones uh, that's on uh, 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 bless them, Lord. That's on the line right now, and uh, 
And uh, Father God, I pray uh, for the hearing of your word. Uh, your word is awesome and powerful and more yes. uh, precious than gold. And uh, we uh, look to you and to receive your words. Yes. For this class and to apply it to our lives. And, and in your mighty name, we yes. ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Good prayer, my Amen. brother. Good, good prayer. Amen. <sighs> Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's pray. I want to um, read this on page 181, and then we're going to look at this. This thing about this book I like is it really helps It helps us pray, actually. That's <laughs> what it does. Our Father in heaven, blessed be your name. We come to your throne of grace with praise and thanksgiving. We praise you because you are Savior, our sanctifier, and our spiritual baptizer, our healer, and our soon-coming king. We praise you because your kingdom has been manifested in our midst through healing and miracles. We rejoice in these divine acts of love. We praise you because we can seek you and call upon you. Thank you that you are near. The psalmist David said we will sing Psalms 113 verses 1 through 9. says, O praise, O servants of the Lord, praise, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to the going down, to the Lord's name to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, His glory above the heavens. Who is likened to our God who dwells on high, who humbles Himself to behold the things that are in heavens and the earth. He raises the poor out of the dust. He lifts the needy out of the ash heap, that He may sit Him with princes, with the prince of His people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, we just thank you, Lord. We worship you today. God, we thank you, Lord, for your mighty word and your mighty power, God. Lord, with some of us, Lord, uh, uh, you know, we, 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 we go through the Psalms, God, not understanding how he wrote them, Lord. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the powers in his words, Father. And we can't wait to that glorious day that we get to sit down in heaven with King David and say, play us the songs. Uh, let me hear you sing Psalms 23. <laughs> yes. yes, and all the Psalms, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that we get that opportunity yes. to meet David in Jesus' name, Lord. Send your blessings, Father. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we desire to sing your praises like the psalmist who said, sing praise to the Lord. You saints of his and give thanks for remembrance of his holy name. That's Psalms 30 and verse 4. Lord, we're, we, Lord God, we thank you for David's testimony. I will call on the Lord in distress. The Lord answer me and set me a broad place. That's Psalms 118 and verse 5. Lord, we testify that you have answered us and we praise you. Amen. And then he goes into the Lord's Prayer. And I know you guys all know the Lord's Prayer. But with the Lord's Prayer, is so powerful. Yes. Amen. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Some more. Praise God. Amen. Did you get that, Matthew? Matthew's over here with his hands all in the air, praising God. <laughs> Amen. I tell you, it won't be long. The Lord's kingdom is coming. 
The Lord's kingdom was coming, and it's going to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is about to happen. Praise yeah. God. Amen. But you know, the, Psalm, the Lord's prayer tells us how to pray. It gives us an outline. He wants us to ask Him for our daily needs. And look at this. Give us, our, give us this day our daily bread. You know, that tells me, no, don't be greedy. <laughs> don't be greedy. Just ask. Just ask for yeah. that. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So we praise God for that. Our Father in heaven, just as Jesus instructed us to do, we pray your name will be honored. We pray your kingdom will come. We pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's, uh, let's pray and intercede for the President of the United States. Amen. You know, we are instructed to pray for those who have authority over us. It doesn't matter if we like them or not. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we voted for him or not. It doesn't matter what our opinions are about politics or not. <laughs> Amen. We are instructed to pray. So let's pray. Dear Lord, you are the King of kings. You are sovereign over all nations. Therefore, we pray you will rule over our nation. We intercede for the President of the United States. Our President, like all leaders, need your guidance, your wisdom. Your blessings. We pray that the president will turn to you and seek your will. We pray that our president will strive for justice and equality in our society. We ask that the president will make decisions based on what is best for our country, not based on what is best for the president's friends <laughs> and business interests. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> deliver, deliver our president from evil of bribery, corruption, favoritism, and lead our president to pursue righteousness and integrity. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I didn't write this. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you to go into that Oval Office right now. Go into the White House where the president lives, where he sleeps, where he works, and begin to move upon him and the Holy Spirit. God brings salvation to him. Lord, let the words of this prayer that we just prayed right here on, on page 184, God, Lord, just begin to take over him right now. We rebuke uh, bribery. We, re we rebuke uh, corruption and, and bad decisions, God. Let his decisions be righteous decisions from your word, Lord, to lead our country into righteousness, to pull us out of the evil ditch that it is in now to get us back on the right path and out of the ditch, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, send people to him. Send him some good Christians right now to surround him, God, and guide him and lead him in these decisions. And Father, we pray for all of our government. We pray for our Congress, our senators, God, and all those that are in authority over us, our mayor of our city, Lord, that uh, Bowden's getting a new mayor, God. We we need somebody that's righteous, Lord. We need somebody to be mayor of Bowden that will look after our churches and look after uh, what's right for our children and what's right for the citizens of Bowden. And Father, we ask that that person be spirit-filled, sanctified, you know, in Jesus' name, Lord, that they will make righteous decisions in Jesus' name. We pray for our governor, God. Lord, we pray for... Uh, all the governors across the nations, God, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them, Father. We, we plead the blood of Jesus over our soldiers, wherever they are. We plead the blood of Jesus 
over the borders of the United States, Lord. There might not be a wall there, but God, the Holy Ghost, can put a spiritual wall there right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke terrorists. We rebuke drug cartels. We rebuke them. We bind them in the name of Jesus right now. Father, that these evil people will not be able to come through America bringing their poison with them. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are setting America free because the church is still alive and well and the missions of the church is still happening here in the United States. And Father, we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Matthew is still praising God over here. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Oh, God, you instruct us to pray to give us today our daily bread. We come to you now with our needs. Hear us, O Lord. Father, I pray for those that have joined me tonight. And God, I pray for those that will be listening later, God, as we're trying to record this and and have it prepared for others, Lord. And all those on the Internet right now, on the uh, radio station, God, that can hear us, God, we pray for everybody's needs, Lord, that you would meet our daily need, God. Lord, uh, that our needs will be supplied by your riches and glory in Jesus' name, Father. Lord, that you will send the angels to help us and lead us and guide us and make sure there's enough food on our tables, God. Make sure that there's still lights on and gas bills are being paid, God. And Lord, you meet the basic needs of your of your church today, the basic needs of your saints right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we may have many needs to bring to you. Some of our needs are urgent and others through are not urgent, but are equally important. Today we ask for your guidance and directions. Every day we are confronted with the range of choices and decisions. It is easy to become either paralyzed by indecision or reckless because of impatience. Help us to lean on you and trust in your wisdom. We are thankful that you direct our steps and guide our path, even when we are unaware of of your presence. God, guide us through your word, by the Holy Spirit, through wise counsel, and through your opening of the right doors. Teach us how to hear your voice and obey your directions. Amen. That's a good prayer. Lord, we believe you will hear and answer these prayers. Regarding our intercessions and our personal requests, we stand on the promises of Jesus when he said, whatsoever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. That is a good prayer. And for those of you that got the book, that's on page 185. Amen. We, we pray, Lord, you will forgive us of our debts and we forgive our debtors. We ask you to bring to mind anyone who has sinned against us and give us the grace to forgive them. Search our hearts, O God, and show us our faults. Give us pure hearts so that we might see you. Let's take a few moments and do that. You know, maybe uh, maybe somebody has, has done you wrong in some way. Uh, maybe somebody has hurt your feelings um, and they've never asked for forgiveness. I want to encourage you to go ahead and forgive them anyways uh, because forgiveness is really about setting you free uh, and not the other person. So we need to we need to search right. our hearts. Let's ask the Lord to all of us to search our hearts right now. Father, yes, we sir. ask you, Lord, to search our hearts, God, for anybody that we need to extend forgiveness and grace to, God. Lord, you've been so wonderful and given us grace. We ask you, Father, right now, 
to help us extend grace to others and forgiveness, Lord. Help us and teach us to walk in your love because we know that in your love is where your power is. Our faith can't even work without love. So we need to exercise forgiveness. Now, Lord, there may be some of us that that struggle with this. There may be some of us that don't know how to forgive. And for those of us who do not know how to forgive, I ask you to teach us, help us, God. First, it comes a decision. We make a decision that we choose to forgive. We may not know how to forgive, but God, that's when the Holy Spirit to go right now and to lead and guide and teach in Jesus' name, lifting all burdens, all hurt feelings or whatever it could be uh, in our hearts and our souls tonight toward other people, lift it in the name of Jesus and and put love in our hearts, God, for those people in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Brother Corey sent me another message here. It says, pray for two young adults I've been talking with. They are seeking to find the right religion. Well, we've got the right religion, brother. <laughs> pray God comes to them in dreams and speaks to them audibly. Amen. <clears throat> Father, we ask you right now, whoever these people are, Lord, that you would speak to them how you choose to speak to them, God, but you make it so clear that they cannot deny that they've heard the voice of God, that they have, they cannot deny they've heard the words of God. Lord, make it so clear, Lord, let it be so clear that it's almost tangible to them. Lord, that you would shake them to their core. Lord, that you would send the Holy Spirit, send somebody to them that can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they will receive their words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, you know, Sometimes people won't hear us, you know. And Brother Corey, sometimes people won't hear you when you're trying to witness to them. So in those cases, we pray, Lord, send somebody that they will hear because God knows exactly who, who they will hear um, and who they won't hear. So that's how that's what I do. I just say, Lord, send somebody you know they'll, they'll listen to and, um, and do it that way. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and he went up to the mountains and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Y'all ready to go? <laughs> Come on, Matthew, high five. Hey, y'all high five on you. <laughs> if you're by yourself, high five yourself. Me and Matthew high five all the time. Hey, man, we ready to go. <laughs> we want to get up caught, caught up in that cloud. Amen. That's in Exodus 24, verse 18. And it's also on page 187 here in this book. It says, Dear Lord, Moses remained with you on the mountaintop for 40 days and 40 nights, but we can barely find the patience to wait on you for only five minutes. Lord, ain't that true? (laughs) (laughs) Give us patience today to wait and watch. Mm. We wait and hope. We meditate on you as we wait. We remember all that you have done for us, we wait for you and expect to hear from you. Oh, in Jesus' name. Oh, uh, so good. Jesus' name. And here's a closing prayer uh, in the book from Martin Luther. It says, dear, dear Lord Christ, give us your Holy Spirit and gift, not for our own glory, but for the service and edifying of all the church. This is the only reason you give your spirit. As St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, you give each one according to your will, that is, not of 
our shame or sin or vanity before your praise and glory and love and thanks for your inexpressible gift, uh, grace and gift forever. Amen. So that was a prayer written by Martin Luther. It's not, um, yeah, Martin Luther. Amen. All right. Praise God. So this is some good stuff here in this book. And the reason I like this book and I encourage people to have it is because it's the only book I have ever seen that actually prays with you and actually shows you how to pray and then prays with you. There's a, I mean, we can talk about prayer, and there's been a lot of books written about prayer, and we can talk about how to pray. But what I like about that book is it actually gives you examples. <laughs> and uh, I think that helps a whole lot. Amen. I think that helps a whole lot. I got your message here, Brother Corey, that he works with you. Um, you know, God's going to give you the wisdom, my brother. God will give you the grace. Holy Spirit be upon you, and he will lead you. You just open your mouth, and he'll fill it with words that they will hear, brother. Amen. God is good. I see Miss Angel getting on getting on here. She's, <laughs> she's waving at everybody. Can y'all see her waving at you? Can y'all see my wife Angel waving at y'all? I don't. We don't see her. We yeah. don't see her. They said they don't see you, Angel. I see you. I don't know why I they don't see you. I don't know. Unless they are they hearing their video. <laughs> we see you. Oh, there you are, man. <laughs> Maybe a few minutes of a delay there. <laughs> I came home and put my PJs on. Amen. <laughs> Well, Brother Malachi, this is the first time you've joined us. I hope you've enjoyed it tonight, brother. Yes, sir. I have enjoyed it. Amen. Now, here's a beautiful part about doing Bible study through Zoom is you guys can uh, can create small groups. You can get your friends to come over to your house, and y'all can sit down there in your living room, two or three people in your house, and everybody join uh, through a Bible study, and we're connected. Okay, now you're unfroze. You were froze for a few seconds. Who was froze? I froze for a minute. Yeah, with your eyes closed. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch me. I might go to sleep on you. <laughs> hey, man. But so, anyways, you can you can invite people to come over. Um, okay. And uh, it's like Sister Letitia. I was telling her she's got her mom and her grandma both living with her, and I told her she would be able to get them on a the computer. She was going to join us tonight, but she works at night on her computer, actually. And so she asked us to record this, and so she could watch it later. And I'm hoping that she will be able to do that. And if it does get recorded successfully, you guys can go back and rewatch it again um, and pick up some things maybe you didn't catch before. Um, the video that we watched earlier tonight, um, I have to watch them a few times. I, one time, I don't catch everything. I have to watch them a few times to catch uh, some poor, uh, some key uh, issues and things that he says, because uh, I just don't catch everything at 